hope you signed up for Leadership Weekend. Uh, it's going to really be a special time. It's going to be something cool. So Friday night, the very first session, 730, uh, right here in downtown Fort Worth at City Life Center, incredible church down the road. And, uh, and we'll be there 7.30 Friday night. Then we start back up at 9 a.m. the next morning for prayer. 9.30 is when the first session hits. And we'll be done by about 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. So you still have your evenings to go out and, uh, and love people for Jesus. Amen? Um, in case some of you are thinking some other things. Uh, hey. We are so excited, man. I'm, I'm just talking to a, kind of a one-off message today. We are not starting a series today. But so if you want to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, and we will take a minute to chat about what it is to live a new life in Christ. Everybody good this morning? If you're a guest with us, my name is Brandon, uh, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we got an incredible team here. We love doing church together. We love being a part of family, and uh, we, are, we are just so glad you're here. If this is your first time, though, we'd love to meet you uh, right after the service. Meredith and I would love to, to chat with you and, and, and say hello. Um, we're just a bunch of real people trying to worship God, and uh, so, many, so, many, so many places, not just, not, I don't, I'm not talking churches, just in general, we tend to be people who have to put on a facade, put on a face. I, I find that we are a culture that doesn't really let each other fail very well. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, we, we are so afraid of it now that we aren't actually growing because you really have to fail to be responsible for success. And so this idea that somehow you can't fail actually ruins us. It doesn't help us. And, and so we want to be a church where we're just authentic. We're just us. And uh, so we laugh every once in a while. Um, we say inappropriate things every once in a while, um, sometimes accidentally. Uh, but we just have the grace for one another. Amen. Uh, and in the midst of all of it, we're going to lift up Jesus. Uh, because we believe he is the answer. That is our conviction that Jesus is the answer. And uh, I just got a text from, um, <laughs> I got a text that actually had my mom's name on it. So she's been signing me up for, for some mailing list. I don't know. And, uh, and it, I, I just knowing my family, this is, I'm about to, well, here's, here's what I, I won't tell you who it was from. Uh, I got a political text just a second ago saying, hi, Judith, we would love your support. And I'm like, yo, my name isn't Judy. Uh, that's my mom. I got to have a conversation with her. And two, I'm in here worshiping Jesus. You aren't as good an answer as you think you are. Jesus is. And, um, and so I, and, uh, I, I just am excited about what God wants to do here this morning. I'll let y'all fight about politics. Romans chapter six doesn't mean I won't take a stance on it. It just means right now ain't the time, y'all. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11, and uh, I'm going to read this uh, out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And I believe I gave the, the right translation to the screen. If I didn't, don't worry, it's still the Bible. Romans 6 verse 1 says, What should we say then? Should we continue on in sin so that grace may multiply? Because he has just followed up Romans chapter 5. Now remember, he doesn't break this into chapters in his letters. We did that because it's easier to follow. Uh, learn by numbers, right? And, uh, and so he paint by numbers. And, uh, and so uh, he does this whole deal about grace is sufficient. That grace, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And so he's pushing this idea, telling people this idea that grace will never run dry. Grace will never be run out of. We, just because you sin a lot doesn't mean grace can't cover you. Uh, but, he, but then, how many of you know if you tell your child something like that, they go, okay, so let me just work this out for you. Uh, I can do whatever I want because you're always going to love me. Yeah, but you kind of caught me now. So Paul's kind of going, okay, so I get that. Now understand, grace is always there. It's always there. That is never untrue. It is never uh, untrue. It's, it's, that is true for you. 
Grace is sufficient. No matter the sin, no matter the stuff, it does not matter. But then Paul has to make sure that he pivots a little bit, doesn't change his discussion, but changes the purpose of grace. Because sometimes if we treat grace as simply a cover-up for sin, we will never see it as uh, the source for our future. We'll never understand that it is actually the thing that propels us into our purpose rather than the thing that simply saves us from our past. Hello, are you with me this morning? And, um, and, and that, wasn't, that wasn't in my notes. That's great. Uh, so Holy Spirit, come on. Uh, and, and so he's kind of coming back to this place of, I get that you understand that that's where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. That's an amazing principle, and it's something you should hold on to no matter what you're going through. But I need you to understand that that's not all grace is for. In other words, it wasn't just so Jesus died. It is also so that Jesus rose again. We do not live just simply because he died for our sin, but that he rose to new life that we might have it. He had to conquer death for us to know life. And so he's really explaining some deep things here, but at the end of the day, they're actually fairly simple. It's just that, the, that there's a lot that Paul says about it. So verse 2, absolutely not. There's your answer. Let's pray. We'll wrap it up. Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, notice who raised him. It was not himself. It was the Father who raised him. So quit trying to pick yourself up. Let God do some work in you. So we too may walk in a new way of life. For if we've been joined with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection for we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over our body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Since a person who has died is freed from sin's claims. Isn't that interesting? We, sometimes we think we claim sin. Sin tries to claim us, tries to hold it against us, tries to condemn us. Because condemnation is always reminding you of your past. Conviction is always reminding you of your future. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For in light of the fact that he died, he died to sin once for all. I understand there are a lot of things I'm saying right now. Underline a few things. Go back and look at it. You should read your Bible uh, between Sundays as well. It's a good idea. But in light of the fact that he lives, he lives to God. So you two consider yourselves. Everybody say consider. So you two consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's good, huh? The Bible works. Read it. It's good for you. Get a couple translations. If you don't understand one, go read the other one and go back to the other one. That's what I do. I've got like six. I read them all. It's fantastic. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you that I can consider myself dead to sin. And God, that I, I die, but you rise. In other words, Lord, I, I know that it is not my strength that brings me back to resurrection. God, I trust you so much that I'm willing to die that you might raise me up. God, I pray that to this morning that you would speak that whatever I say that isn't necessary or isn't worth anything would, would be forgotten. And I pray anything that you want in the hearts of people this morning, Lord, that they would receive and hold on to. The Holy Spirit, you would speak to the hearts of people this morning. I pray you continue to grow us united together, and I pray that as we grow together, we would see Jesus on every street and in every heart. Amen. This is a big, big set of verses. It's one of the, the biggest. Um, and in fact, uh, it's one of these verses that 
uh, one of these chapters that really sets a lot of foundational teachings, Romans 5, especially Romans 6. Really throughout Romans, Paul is setting uh, an idea for our theology, our belief system, what we believe about God, what Jesus has actually done. And so, in fact, if you've, if you've been in church for any amount of time, this idea of the Romans road, which is basically just us picking certain principles or certain verses in Romans to help us kind of walk through what it is to know Christ, uh, to give our lives to him and watch him do something in us. And so Romans is really setting a lot of foundational pieces for people. Now, here's the challenge. With Romans, Paul says a lot of heady stuff. There are a lot of things in Romans that if, if you don't get some people to help you uh, talk it through, then it can be a bit challenging or even a bit confusing at times. And so it's important for us to make sure that, that we are in places like this. But more than that, that we're, we're picking up some books, picking up some people that know some things and going, hey, man, let's walk this through together. And so it's, it's a very deep Deep, just even in that 11 verses, there's some things that you could pull and you could walk away from and spend weeks talking through. But he says a couple key things, and the reason we're talking about it today is because we're talking about uh, baptism, talking about water baptism. We actually have today, we have a, a, a baptismal set up out in the courtyard, ready to baptize, and uh, I'm excited about that. Um, and I want to see what God can do in it as we step into uh, this new life and this new thing. But what's interesting about Jesus and what's interesting about what God wants to do in our life is that it is new. I want to read the, to you a different translation of this same Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. There's a completely different translation. It's from the Passion Translation. If you throw that up on the screen, Romans chapter 6, the next couple verses of the Passion Translation. Anybody have it? You got it up there? Ashley? Ashley, everybody give it up for Ashley running the screen. Do I even have it in there? There it is. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we are co-buried and entombed with him. I know that doesn't sound fantastic. I get it. But please keep reading with me. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. I love the word freshness of new life. There's something fresh about it. Now, we have to get something really clear because what he talks about here is he starts with, you have to understand that you died with Christ. And sometimes we, we, we don't fully get that. We love this idea of new life and we love this idea of life overflowing and, and rivers of living water and all the things that Jesus talks about life. But, but he does very much say, and, and Paul echoes this over and over and over again, that we would die to ourselves. That we would die to our old things, that we die to our old self. And, and if we don't fully understand that we have died to the old things, then, then maybe we won't ever fully embrace or live in what is new and the fresh thing God wants to do in us. And sometimes things have to die for them to be resurrected. We, we only get the resurrection because there was a death. And if we don't have the realization that who we were is actually fully and completely dead, then we will never have the revelation that we are a new and fresh person. That, that it has to be clear to us. That's why Paul says later on, consider, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But I love the Passion Translation of this verse because I love this word fresh. The other day I uh, pulled a lunchbox out of, not for me, I, I have two children, and uh, I pulled a lunchbox out of the cabinet. I haven't told Meredith this, and she's probably not happy that I'm about to tell you this, uh, but I pulled a lunchbox getting his lunch ready for the day, and I opened the lunchbox, and there was still a sandwich in it. 
Now, the problem is this was not like a sandwich because he had just come home from school. It was like four days prior when he had come home from school, and I was getting him ready for his next day, and there was a sandwich. It was still in the Ziploc, so things had not spread yet. But the sandwich, it just wasn't looking very good, (laughs) right? And what I did not do, I'm just telling you, I I don't know, maybe y'all would do this. What I did not do is go unzip it and begin to peel off the moldy stuff and then put it back in and go, that should be good. (laughs) Kaysen, have a great day. (laughs) Right? That, I did not do that. I I made a new one and I threw away the old one. I think so many times we read verses in the Bible, and, and because we don't fully believe or fully trust that God can do something new in us, we tend to try to kind of scrape off some of the old things, put it back in the bag, and go, I hope you can live off this bread. I hope you can make this thing work. And we don't trust in the supernatural thing. Listen, you cannot find someone in the Bible who does anything of significance who is a stranger to the supernatural things. That's not to say weird. Please don't go there. It just simply means that we are relevant to what God wants to do in our lives through his spirit, that we are empowered by him. And and so I love the word fresh in this verse. This this idea that this word new, how many of you guys ever heard uh, this this idea of new life? And that's that's cool. And some of us get that and we kind of understand it. But the the word fresh, I love the word fresh. I I think it's just, it totally changes the way I read the verse. And and, and it actually is the word here, in case some of you guys are questioning the translations that I'm reading. The word is kainos, and it it really does mean something freshly made. It's something that had not existed before, something that was not known. It really is that word. You can can go check it and let me know. I might have said the Greek wrong, but it is absolutely the word. (laughs) This idea of fresh is almost like, when I began to think of this last night, I began to realize that my, my, the opposite of fresh. Anybody want to throw out some words that might be the opposite of fresh? Stale? That was not one of them, but that's a good one. Uh, any, any other ones? What? Rotten. Hey, thank you. That helps. Uh, rotten is one. Rotten is just a word that means that it's given to decay. It's beginning to, 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 to decay from its natural or intended value. What it's meant to be, it's begun to decay. Any, any other words, maybe? Uh, stagnant? Maybe, yeah. I'm looking for one specifically. I'm sorry. Spoiled. Hey! Well done. I don't know who said it, but you guys are awesome. Might have been a few of you. Spoiled. Again, another word that speaks to this idea that it has lost some of its value. It's begun, to dis- it's begun to move away from what it was intended for. It's begun to not be satisfying. And in other words, because of whether it be exposed to air or whether it was exposed to certain things. or dip- I mean, listen, here's the, here's the truth of our life. Are you guys ready for this? Nothing in my house and nothing in my life has necessarily in and of itself gotten better None of it just kind of naturally gets better. I have to work through those things. My car doesn't get better just because my, 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 my house doesn't seem to just keep putting itself back together. And even my own body. I went to Urban Air the other day with my son. And some of you saw the video that my brother-in-law posted. Um, I take, look, I tried, that was actually the third attempt. They all went badly of trying to flip and land back on my feet. But I am sore. Right now, I'm sore. I'm in pain. My body just does not seem to recover the way it used to recover. 
How many of you know that in life, right? You just get, you, you walk through enough things and go through enough circumstances and deal with enough situations that you go through those things and all of a sudden you just don't seem to recover as well and your attitude and your perspective and some of those things just don't seem to respond the way they used to respond. Almost as though, and, and, and just, just go with me here, please, tell, I'm not telling you you're rotten or you're spoiled, uh, but, but how many of you know that sometimes that is what life can begin to feel like? It's almost begun to decay from its original value, what it's meant to be. It's gotten less fresh and more rotten, and, and, and there's parts of my life that if you turned that sandwich over in the bag, you'd find that there are some things in there that you should not be there. And for me to think that somehow that's going to be done, just I'll fix that by scraping some things off or just trying to work around it. That's not God's intent for you and I. In fact, he says something very, very different. He says, I want you to understand that when you were baptized, now that's what's really encouraging for me as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, is that Paul's talking to people who had been baptized. Sometimes you read this as though this is for the uneducated. This is for the people who don't understand. No, no, no. Paul's talking to people who had already made the decision to follow Jesus, who had already been baptized, and he's having to remind them that you were baptized for this reason. That even, did you not, for, did you forget that this is why you were baptized? So that you might die to and identify with Christ in his death. That you might be raised back to new life. And that's the part I want you to really catch. In fact, I'll, I'll use another verse in the Bible to communicate it. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you can put that on the, on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it a particular way. It says, therefore, and maybe you've heard this verse, therefore, if, is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Now, this is one of my favorite words. Are you guys ready for it? Maybe you guys want to say it with me because some of you like it too. It just sounds special. Behold, 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 sorry, John McCurdy on the front row. Behold, the new has come. Old things have passed away. I think it's interesting. I really do. That, 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 that behold is not, is not before the old has passed away, but it's right in the middle. That the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's almost as though Paul is trying to make sure that you understand, yes, old things have passed away, but what I really want you to look at, what I really want you to consider, what I really want you to behold is that all things have become new. I think sometimes in our life we can begin to fixate on our past, even the things that we have gotten over, and we can still allow those things to determine who we are. We can still allow things that were to determine who we will be. Even when we've conquered them, even when we've walked past them, even when we've figured out a way to move beyond them, we still allow them to dictate who we are in the present and who we will be in the future. But, but Paul is really trying to hammer something home. This is Paul writing both of these verses, both in Corinthians and in the Romans. He's saying, I want you to behold that the new thing has come. In fact, in, we just read it just a moment ago in Romans at the end of uh, verse 11. He says what? He says, consider yourself. Consider yourself dead to sin. Why? So that you can behold the new life. 
Because if you don't, you, you'll get this fresh thing out of order and you'll begin to forget who you are in Christ and you, you, you'll begin to allow the things you struggle with or the things you've fought through or the things that you've been exposed to in your background or in your past or even in your present to begin to dictate how you live. And you'll begin to live a little part of your life a little bit spoiled, a little bit rotten. You'll begin to begin to decay from what you are made for. And God's trying to redeem his people. He's trying to bring his people back into relationship that they might fully become who he made them to become. And so many of our decisions and so many of our actions move us away from what God has originally intended for us. And so Jesus came, died on a cross, died, remember, died on a cross. Not just got hurt on a cross, not just, not just kind of had a few things happen to him, but he died on a cross because he wanted you to understand that it's complete and it's finished. He took it all the way to its natural end point. And then, not in his own strength, not in his own power, not in his own ability, but Romans says, Paul says in Romans 6, he says what? That by the glorious power of God, he was raised to life. And he says, and it is the same for you. In, in, in other words, in other words, we die, he raises. I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't do this, but I feel like I do this. I feel like so many times I try to die to something and then I try to live to something. As though it's my responsibility to die and my responsibility to resurrect. But I, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but if you're dead, you can't raise yourself up. It is my responsibility to surrender everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between, to put it in front of God and go, I trust you enough to lay my life down and to say it's yours, to give everything, all of me, all of who I am to you. I trust you so much that I'll die to it, and I'm not even sure what's going to happen after this. I believe it. I believe that what the Bible says, but, but man, this is, it's kind of a, this is a tough thing to, to lay down all my hurts and lay down all the things I've been exposed to and lay down my past and lay down my, my frustrations and lay down my questions and lay down some of these things and, and give them to you and, and, and somehow believe that you're going to turn that into something. I, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm going to surrender this to you. And I'm not going to try to pick myself back up, but I'm going to allow you. I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to believe that you will bring the resurrection that I so desperately want. But it does not come because I try to pick myself up. It becomes because I begin to lay myself down in front of you, and I say, God, you do what only you can do in my life. God wants to bring new life. But you must consider yourself dead to sin. Hey, behold, a new thing. I want to read one verse to you out of Psalm 115. I love this verse, and I think it actually ties in. When we first read it, you may not think it does, but I think it matters a great deal. Psalm 115, verse 4 says, Their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. Those who make them are just like them, as are all who trust in them. Now some of you go, I don't understand how this applies to dying and rising. I don't understand how this applies to laying down your life and picking it up. It's, here's why, because I think idols... Here's, here's the truth of it. I think we die to dead things all the time. I don't know about you. I seem to just lay my life before things that can't do anything for me. I tend to die to things all the time that have no power to bring life back into my world. 
I die to dead things all the time, and I have to be reminded, yo, that those can't resurrect me. They can't breathe life back into my lungs. They can't pull me out of the grave, and they can't bring righteousness and resurrection into my world. What am I doing? They can't talk. They can't hear. They look like they can. They sure do have the shape that they can, but they can't actually do what I need them to do. I had to make them. God's desire for us is that we would die to the one who could actually raise us back up. Our idea of success, our hurts from our past, all the parts of our life that have gotten a little bit rotten, gotten a little spoiled, and come on, every one of us could raise a hand on that point and say, yeah, we've all got one of those areas in our life. may not be the whole thing, but, but I ain't eating the whole thing because it's got one piece of it. I, I want to be a completely new and fresh person. Consider yourself. Because what we behold, we will become. And so Paul is lifting up to you and saying, Behold, all things have become new in Christ Jesus. Don't try to raise yourself up. In your weakness, his strength is made perfect. He, you know, Jesus told his disciples, Hey, go and make disciples of all nations, but you know what he said right after that? Hey, don't leave Jerusalem until I show up. It's almost as he's, he's taking this group of guys who are fired up, ready to go. They just saw Jesus rise from the dead, and he's taking them, and he's saying, hey, I want you to go do this. I want you to take the gospel into all the world, and they're getting fired up, and they're ready to go, and they're going to go do it in their own strength, and in their own power, and their own ideas, and their own strategy, and their own way, and then he goes, okay, 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 but stop. I want you to wait here until I show up. He's setting a tone from the very beginning that I've given you a purpose, but you ain't doing this by yourself. I've given you a heart, but you ain't beating by yourself. I've given you a view, but you don't have vision all by yourself. I've given you lungs, but you're not breathing by yourself. I am going to be the person who comes alongside you and actually brings resurrection life into your life. Don't you remember... That when you were baptized, you identified yourself with him. You died to sin so that you could be resurrected into his life and into his righteousness. To walk in a new and fresh way of life. My question for us this morning, and really my challenge for us this morning. Have we forgotten that? Have we forgotten why we made this decision to follow Jesus in the first place? Have we forgotten what it is that we got baptized into to begin with? And maybe for some of us today, uh, we've, we've never been baptized. We've never made this outward decision. We've never made this decision to be baptized and show people where we stand in our faith. I don't think going into the water saves you. I think it's the decision to be baptized, the decision to identify with Christ. Aren't you glad he just makes you identify him in water? Because his goal for you ultimately is life. You'd have rivers of living water coming out of your world. One of the definitions for um, spoil, uh, for fresh is not salty. Now I understand that there's a part where Jesus tells us we are the salt of the earth, but, but understand uh, sometimes when we say salty, we don't just mean like we are bringing flavor. It means that we are bringing something quite different. 
I'm going to ask you this morning. We've got a baptismal setup. I know we've got at least one person being baptized, but, um, but the truth is, I think there's probably many of us in here who maybe years ago were baptized as, uh, as children, and maybe we've, we've never really made the decision to be baptized. We've, we've decided to walk in Christ, and we've decided to make that move, and, and we believe that God wants to work in us and all those things. But today, in front of family, and maybe for some of you, for the very first time here, you're going, man, I, I've never made that decision to be identified with him in his death so I could fully live in his resurrection, so that I could actually live in the living, breathing resurrection of Christ. And I need today to make a decision to step away from what was, to consider myself dead to those things. And the way I'm going to do that is to get around some people, to get in some water, and to be baptized in fully and completely and walk away from what was, that I might walk into what will be. And maybe for some of you today, that's a decision for you to make. You didn't plan on being baptized. You got plans after church. So we got you a shirt and we got some shorts. We got all the stuff covered in a towel. We're, you're good to go. There's no reason today for some of you not to be baptized. For some of you, you've been walking in this thing for a couple years, but you've never been baptized in front of your community or in front of your family or in front of your friends. Don't wait. Don't wait. I want to get in the water with you, baptize you, and celebrate with you what God wants to do in your life. Would you bow your heads real quick? We're going to pray. God, I thank you so much. That you want to bring new life into our world. That you want to bring new life. Into who we are, into what we're doing. God, for some of us, even just being here today, we're, we're challenged a bit. And we're kind of trying to decide, are we, are we living a fresh, new life? Is there actually a difference in us? Paul says this word, behold, so that people would be surprised, people would be blown away, that there's something special that's about to happen after this word, that all things would become new. And God, while we don't think being baptized is the thing that makes it happen, it is absolutely and clearly something you command us to do, a step of obedience and public declaration of where we stand with you. And God, we, we try to orchestrate this all by ourselves. We try to pick ourselves up. And even today, we're looking at our schedule for the day, and we're looking at, you know, what we've got to do, and we're, well, what we're not dressed for, and, and we're already trying to work this thing out ourselves. And there's some people in here right now going, you know what, I, this is the day. God, I remember the last time we did this, someone jumped in at the last minute to be baptized. God, what a special moment. God, I pray that every one of us, every single one of us, baptized or not, every single one of us will begin to live a new, fresh life. A life that's free from what was. A life that can walk into what God wants for us and God has already done for us. That we don't have to pick ourselves up. We don't have to raise ourselves. Today, rather than having you raise your hands to make a decision for faith, I'm, I'm going to ask in just a moment for everyone to stand up. And when I do, when I ask everyone to stand up in just a moment, I'm going to ask that anyone who would like to be baptized, anyone who would like to make that decision today, or maybe you just want to come back with us and talk it over for a second. It might be a little bit audacious, it might be a little bit courageous, it might be a little bit brave, but come on, that's the life God's calling you into. 
Come on, to step out in faith, to trust Jesus, to trust him enough with whatever's going on, to die to what was, so that you might live according to his power and his glory in new life. And so in a moment, in just about 30 seconds, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And when I do, if you want to decide to follow Jesus into baptism, if you want to identify with him and be resurrected with him, then I'm going to ask you just to come to my, my right into this doorway in just a moment when we, when we stand up. But I want to pray. If that's you this morning, I want to believe with you. What an incredible moment it would be. God, I pray right now that every person here, the Holy Spirit, as they've heard uh, your word preached, as they've heard the Bible read, Lord God, some things have stirred in their spirit. And they want to take the next step in their faith. They want to take the next step in their journey. God, for some of them, this has been a crazy couple months, a crazy couple weeks or a crazy couple years. And they've made some decisions about who they are in Christ. And today they want to seal the deal. They want to begin the journey. Uh, they want to take the next step in their journey in baptism. And they want to do it with some people around them who are going to celebrate and clap and rejoice and be excited with them. They want to do it with families. Or maybe for the, they're, they're here for the very first time. God, I pray they know that we will champion them as much as heaven is championing them. So God, I pray in just a moment they would have the courage, they would have the support, that we believe in them, that if they want to be baptized today, and this is open to everyone, that I pray that they would make that decision and step out of their room. So if you're ready, I'm, I want to do this in just about three seconds. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And if that, if once they stand up, I just want you to begin to walk out of the row and move to your left into where this exit sign is. So we could do that. Would you right now, would you just stand right now? And if you want to get baptized, would you just get out of your row? And if you would just move to this side, come on, anybody who wants to make that decision. Anybody else? Come on, come on right here. We've got shirts. We've got shorts for you. Come on. Come on. Celebrate, y'all. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else who wants to get baptized? Come on. Let's do this right now. Come on. Celebrate, church. Hey. Come on. Anybody else? You got, hey, even after we close out, you can still do this. But I, I just want to tell you something. Over the next couple years, I believe hundreds of people are going to be baptized in this church. If we get our hearts towards this city, we get our hearts towards this street, we're going to see this happen on a regular basis because I just believe God wants to move, amen? And I believe God's going to do it through you and I, not because we say it, but because we go out and do it, we're going to reach people. Hey, if your family or you are friends or you saw somebody walk out that is a friend of yours, I'd love for you can go ahead and join me. I'm going to walk back here. You can go ahead and join me and we can pray with them. So if your family.